0: We have weekly engaging conversations with today's most influential thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they discuss their successes, failures, tipping points, and other priceless information that you can apply immediately after listening. And welcome to the show, good to have you right here. It is Ambitious Radio, hosted by our friend Doug Parker, talking about entrepreneurship and leadership while interviewing interesting people and what makes them ambitious. Now, you know, the show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors. Grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. You know, most of the time, small business owners need to personally guarantee any loans that their companies take out. That can be kind of tough to do if you have credit issues. So if you have less than perfect credit, go to RepairMyCreditNow.com for a free credit report evaluation. RepairMyCreditNow.com. Doug, what do we have going on today?
1: We have just another great guest. I'll tell you what it is. Uh, t- today, we're going to be talking to Gino Barbaro, and Gino was actually introduced to me from uh, another guest uh, from from another show that I do. And uh, he is a father of six. He's married. To a wonderful woman by the name of Julia. He's been a business owner for over 25 years and recently retired from the restaurant business to pursue a real estate career and a coaching career. He has over 674 units in his real estate portfolio and he has two best selling books on Amazon Wheelbarrow Profits and Family Food and the Friars. Gino, welcome to the show, sir. What did I miss in the intro?
2: Uh, you wrapped it up real good, Doug. How you doing? Thanks for having me on.
1: Well, I tell you what, I always enjoy having entrepreneurs on and, and, I, and I like having people that uh, they reinvent themselves. And obviously, you know, real estate and Italian food, they don't necessarily go together. So um, that's kind of an interesting uh, reinvention that you did there. But tell us just a little bit about yourself. Let's kind of rewind it back a few years to uh, kind of where you got your, your beginning at and, and where, where you're from and where'd you grow up at?
2: Well, the reason why they they blend together is I have immigrant parents. Both of my parents were born in Italy, uh, so they came over here um, hardworking. My father got into the restaurant business, I I guess fortunately and unfortunately, because I followed his path. Um, But for me, it was was a blessing because I got to spend 37 years of my life with him in the kitchen all the time. And um, it was just great. It was awesome. Uh, I lost him about ten years ago, so that's when I started saying to myself, um, "Do I really want to be in the restaurant? My brother's part, my partner, um, my mom is there, but do I really want to be here? I mean, I, I, just not, I had no more growth, I had no more contribution left. It felt like that's why I wrote the cookbook, and that's why I got together with the uh, you know Franciscan Friars, the renewal, they're a bunch of Catholic, um, you know, monks, and you know, I got to working with them. I just wanted to give back, and I felt like the restaurant was not doing that for me. It was just too many hours." Um, it was stressful. Uh, after 2008, the business just wasn't generating enough enough income for me. And, you know, I kept having kids. I, I thought I was done at three, but it's like buying multifamily properties. The more you have, uh, the better you get at it and the, mu- and the more you enjoy them, believe it or not. The only difference is kids take away the cash flow. Uh, multifamily properties give you cash flow. So that's the only the only difference. But um I just, I just, you know, love the family and I just, you know, I said to myself, I need to do something where I can generate more money. And fortunately, I met my partner who's down in Tennessee now. He was up here in New York. He relocated down there. And four years ago, we just started buying properties and it was just um, a quick ascension for me. I, we just, I, I ended up accumulating 674 units in about three, three and a half years worth of time. And I decided in March, I said, let me just leave the restaurant. Um, let me do this full time. Let me do some life coaching uh, I, I just love the whole space I love the real estate space I love the life coaching space and I just love talking to guys like you it's just it's invigorating it's it's con- contributing it's getting out of my comfort zone it's making me feel alive that's the most important thing I'm passionate about this stuff.
1: You know that that makes a huge difference. You know, I've I've heard many many times people say things like, "I'll do it till it's not fun anymore." And and as a as a younger man, I, now I've got the the uh, the gray hairs to prove I'm not a younger man anymore. But <laughs> uh-huh. um, you know, I used to think, "Man, I'll do whatever as long as it's ethical and moral." I mean, I don't really care what I do. Uh, I mm-hmm. just want to make some money.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But, but
1: then you realize a little later in life, you know, if you've got some talent, you've got some skills, that there's a lot of things you can do to apply uh, your, your God-given talents. And if it's not fun, uh, it, you know, I had a guy that said, if, he, if you don't like your life, then you've got the wrong life. Change it. Do something about it. Right. And, you know, it, it's cool seeing some of those things that, that you're talking about, how, you know, the restaurant business it was it was cool and, and you got to spend a lot of time with your dad and, and and through that process, obviously you you know, you learned a lot. But it's like, hey, is that is that really what my passion is you wrote a book, you you were able to get outside the box and do some other stuff. You know, one thing and I and I don't know, you know, if if you feel comfortable with this, if you do, I'd love to to just talk a little bit about those experiences with dad because, you know, I, I, I went through something uh, a while back, and it was like a men's group deal. and and we were uh, talking about time after the industrial revolution. So for like you know six thousand years or whatever, all mankind basically, um, you know, children were raised like with their parents, with both parents, with their dads, they'd go out in the field, you know, when they were whatever age, and help out. And then, as the turn of the industrial revolution came along, um it became primarily the the woman's job to raise the kids. And then the males went off for 10, 12, 14 hours a day and um, we're too tired to, you know, to spending time with them afterwards. And that's caused, some, you know, some different things. But um, I was just raised that, hey, you know, the man, you know, he brings home the bacon. He's the he's the provider. Um, and if you're providing for your family, that's, you know, that's that's traditionally what you're supposed to do. And it just really opened my eyes. But it sounds like you were able to grow up, spend a lot of time with your dad in the kitchen. So that's a unique experience to, to a lot of people growing up.
2: Well, I was lucky. Uh, we started. My dad went into business when he was thirty-nine years old, so I was um, eight years old. I remember the first day going in there, uh, into his place. He had three partners, big Italian restaurant back in the seventies, um, and it was it was you know it, it was different back then. It was it was difficult to start a business. Everyone complains now, but back then you needed capital, you needed money, and it was something that you know it was really risky back then. I went in the kitchen eight years old. I remember, uh, and that's where my you know hard work and my, the the things to get done. He taught me, um, you know, those dads back then are a little bit different. They they their actions spoke louder than their words. He didn't say I love you all the time. But uh, it was it was I was really lucky. I mean, he taught me the work ethic. He taught me how to how to raise my family. He was my role model. So I was I was fortunate in that instance. And I had a mom who stayed home for the first 20 years of you know, his restaurant. Then we ended up buying our place about 20 years ago. And my mom came to work with us. All four of us were working together. Um, the only thing I'd say that I learned that was bad for my father was um, you know, the old timers sort of have a limiting belief for back 30, 40 years ago, it worked really well. Have that one place, stay there, milk it like you can, and it'll give you a great living. And that's what it did for him for his for his career. But as you know now, the industry's changed, the internet's changed, competition is rampant, expenses are through the roof. And if you have one location and you can't think outside the box and you can't grow your business you're going to die. And that's what happened to me. So, um, you know, everything that he taught me is great, except for that one thing. You got to be there. You have to be there all the time. And, and I took that with me and that was one of my limiting beliefs. And that's one of the things that I had to work on. And I mean, I, I shattered that limiting belief because you know, i I own all those units. They're not in my backyard. I have somebody managing them. So, um, it, it takes, it takes a little while for you to work on that stuff. But I figured that that really, um, propelled me once I, once I thought outside the box that way.
1: Yeah, you know, that, that makes a huge difference. And, you know, I, I was reading something the other day and it, it really alluded to the fact that you have to reinvent yourself in this day and age every five years. And, you know, my beliefs uh, in the past have kind of been the same way as, as your dad's probably were. Hey, you, you get into something, you become an expert at it. I mean, Malcolm Gladwell talks about that you're, you're not even an expert at anything until you've been doing something for like five years. And then here the new stuff is hey, if you haven't reinvented yourself every five years, the, the times are changing so rapidly that you will mm-hmm. become a dinosaur and become extinct. So it's finding out that balance of how to become an expert as quickly as possible and then how to adapt and adopt new things to to keep to stay relevant. So, yeah, that's, that's great, great information. Well, well, let's jump into real quick um, You know, some of the things that, that you've run into in business. Um, you know, Let's talk about maybe some obstacles you've ran into. So obviously you had the restaurant stuff, and then now you're doing some real estate. But um, any, any obstacles, major obstacles that you've ran into and how you kind of persevered through those that have popped up over the last few years?
2: you know, obstacles in, in business are everyday little things as far as employees go. That's one of the reasons why I got out of the restaurant. I just couldn't take the employees and I was looking at it from a different perspective. When you're in the kitchen and you're hands on so much it's very difficult to say to somebody do this. I was trying to be the leader by showing how to do the work. Somebody showed up sick, I'd pick up the slack and that's just not the way to do it when you're in business and you place. a place. You really, you really have to delegate more. I wasn't delegating enough responsibility. Um, I was taking too much on my own shoulders and I was doing those 10, 12 dollar an hour job that I should have had somebody else doing, pay them a little bit more. That, that was probably my biggest mistake and what drew me out of there. Um, I wasn't able to do content. Now I'm able to write content every day, provide value in a different way. And I wasn't able to do that when I was in the restaurant in the kitchen. So that was really holding me back um, more than anything else. The, the, the ability to delegate and to say, listen, this is not my job. I'm doing low level jobs. I have to figure out what brings revenue. And, and my other my other stumbling block was I was never train in sales. Now I'm doing sales training and all and it opens my mind. Everyone hears that word salesman. And you know, salesman is the only person who is only gonna be able to provide you information for a product that you're looking for to create value and to give you value. And I never looked at it from that perspective. And now that you know you do this kind of training, I think every entrepreneur should start out with the training job, with a sales job. And I didn't do that, unfortunately, but you know what, like you said, I'm reinventing myself. I'm learning new stuff. And I think that's what entrepreneurs have to focus on first and foremost to create value. And to be able to provide that value to their to their clients. And what's great about it is I'm get get a chance to talk for an hour at a time with these people who are trying to revolutionize their lives, trying to realign their goals, trying to talk about their energy blocks. So that you know, as you learning stuff, you're doing it, and you start teaching it. The teaching is the third step. And when you start teaching stuff, it, it's in, incumbent upon you to learn the stuff. So you're learning it even better. So to become a true expert, I think you have to learn it, then you have to jump in and do it, take action, and then the third step is to teach it. And um, I love teaching it because I have to go back, I have to do research, I have to listen to people and um, that's, that's what I love to do, that, that's, that's what's starting to give me the charge right now. Um, the apartments, we're really growing, we're refinancing the properties, we're getting them long term uh, rates, so that, that's great there. Um, we're continuing to buy that and what I'm doing now with Jake and Gene on the real estate side, I'm you know, doing podcasts and I'm doing uh, blogs and articles and that, that's what's really driving my day, what's making me you know feel passionate about my day.
1: My goodness, that is just great information. Learn, do, and then teach, and uh, that really, you know, just it, it helps you, it helps others, and, and I know that was one of your favorite quotes: is is if you help enough other people get what they want, you'll you'll always get what you want. And that's uh, that's, that's an old Zig Ziglar quote as well. So that is just great, great information. And uh, if you'd like to go back and reference something on the show, you can check out the show notes on AmbitiousRadio.com. The content that we discuss there today will be on the page. We'll put links to all the books he mentions and those kinds of things. You can like us on Facebook and Twitter and all those kind of things. But tune in after a brief word from our sponsors where you hear more from Gino about his career pursuits and what he is going to be experiencing as an ambitious entrepreneur right here on the Ambitious Radio.
3: Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God or what they say? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers, and if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. This is Kelly Shackelford, president of First Liberty. We're the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. We've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to the local schools. If you want hope for religious freedom, go to firstliberty.org and get your free In God We Trust window clean. That's firstliberty.org.
0: As we get back into the show, let's give a shout out to our great sponsors, all3reports.com. That's all, the number three reports with an S.com. You know, many people check their credit every three to five years when they're financing a home or maybe when they're purchasing a new vehicle. But if there is an issue, it could be too late to do anything about it. So go to all3reports.com to find out more. Speaking of a new vehicle, a wise person once said, lease what depreciates, buy what appreciates. So go to Autoflex Leasing. They offer a better way to lease your next car. America's largest independent leasing company is Autoflex Leasing. Doug?
1: All right, we're back with Gino Barbaro, and he really has great stuff going on. We're going to talk a little bit about his professional adventures. And, you know, I know that you started out doing some Italian food. We talked a little bit about that. Um, now you're doing some real estate investing, and and I saw some some things on your site Uh, uh, when I was looking, doing some research on you about the, the different kind of strategies that you have. I think there was like three main points, but can you talk a little bit about those points and then what you're doing right now to monetize your efforts, exactly how your business makes money?
2: Sure. Uh, what happened was I started, I bought my first property back in 2002. And I always tell people this, my should wasn't my must. I dabbled in it. I didn't become an expert in it. I didn't do any kind of coaching or mentoring in it. I just jumped in it head first, which what most entrepreneurs do. Um, I didn't really have a strategy. I didn't have a niche. I just said, you know what, I need to create some kind of passive income. This looks pretty good. And you know, back then, it was a pretty good investment. I got lucky, did the same thing back in 06, 07, didn't work so well. Um, so I said to myself, hmm, what am I doing here? So what I ended up doing was, Getting a real estate coach, getting mentored, really learning the space and saying, what do I want? My should became a must in 08. I said, I got to do this now. I'm all in. Learned multifamily is one of the better vehicles in real estate to do what I wanted to do. I wanted to generate passive income every month. I wanted to have money coming in every month and I wanted to create that wealth. So I said, how do I do this? We stumbled upon a strategy. We ended up coming with the three legs, which you're talking about. With, we, we wrote a book called Wheelbarrow Profits. It's wheelbarrow profits because there's three legs in a wheelbarrow. You have to buy right, which is the first leg. You have to manage right, which is the wheel, which is in constant motion. And you have to finance right. Now, if one of those legs is off, what happens in the wheelbarrow? It tips over. So. We really stress those three legs, um, and as far as buying right, it's just having certain criteria that you need to reach. And you know, I can give you the criteria we use. We like to buy properties that have an actual 10% cash on cash return. We look for cap rates in the seven to eight range. Right now, cap rates are compressing. The market's really starting to heat up. And um, debt coverage ratios of about 1.2 or better. But the problem is you have to follow that framework. If you're not buying the property right, it's not what you buy. It's what you pay. So you really have to be really diligent about buying properties. You have to really learn the whole system. And once you learn the system, um, it's like anything else. It's like Tony Robbins says, it's like baking a cake. You have that recipe. You continue to follow the recipe. It might take you a year to learn the recipe. It might take you three years to learn the recipe. But learn the recipe. Recipe, become an expert in that specific niche. If you want to fix and flip, that's great. I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as that's what you want to do, but you have to learn it from an expert or from somebody. Shorten that learning curve, learn from his mistakes. You're always going to make mistakes, but if you can see someone else's mistakes and work off of them, I, that's like one of the most powerful things. Everyone's always afraid of spending 10 grand or 15 grand or five grand. But then they don't mind dropping hundred grand in a college education. And they can't get a job. It never doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. If you can spend money with a guy who's done it before, do that because it's going to shorten your learning curve. You're going to make money quicker, and you're going to have somebody who's got a recipe who can bake a cake and get those brownies at you know perfect, nice and chewy and delicious every single time.
1: You know, it's, there's something to say about having a recipe, and, and you know, we, I, don't, I don't know what's what the deal is in this culture where we are – everybody has to go to college. And, and the reality is – so I, I've never been to college a day in my life, and I think it's great, the folks that have been to, to college, and I think it's great mm-hmm. for, you know, the doctors and the different things. But it's not for everyone. Yeah. So what I'm fixing to say, I'm, I'm pointing – well, I'm pointing the finger out at all the listeners. I'm pointing three of them back at myself. But the bottom line is, is college isn't for everybody. Um, there's a lot of people that go out there and, and they're thinking about doing some stuff. And I got one kid that is in college right now that's it's about 170 grand to go for five years. She's doing a five-year yeah. master's. And I got another one um, that he's thinking more like going to barber school. And, and it's just he's tried some junior college stuff and he's like, man, mm-hmm. it's just not for me. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. And we could force him to go and we could dump a bunch of money into it and he'd halfway pay attention or we can try to do something different. And, and like you said... Find something that that you want to do and then find someone else that is successfully doing that and ask them to mentor to you or model for you or there are sometimes, as you say, classes, whether it's a real estate course or or different things um, that that you can go out there and, and get knowledge that you can apply today. Because and again, nothing against uh, colleges, but a lot of that knowledge is not necessarily useful, especially if you don't have any intentions of going into that field or or whatever the case is. So very, very good information there. And and I like the uh, the recipe analogy there. You know, it's like baking a cake. Learn the recipe. okay? (laughs) so learn it so Mm -hmm. you can do it right. Um, It'd be kind of like, you know, jumping in and and just throwing a handful of salt in there or this or that. and, And it comes out tasting, you know, like the ocean. Um, that's not a very good strategy. Go, go get you a recipe where you can really do it and do it right. Now, um, let, let's talk a little bit, a, a little bit more about this book. So I, I know you said that um, you know Wilbur uh, Profits is is the name of it, and and it's got the three legs, and if it, you know one of is too short or too long, it'll you know you know top it over. But um, how did you guys come up with that strategy, and and was it a uh, built on a foundation of some other stuff, trial and error? How did you come up with it?
2: Well, it's funny. When we first bought our first property, I'll give you the the progression of the sizes and everything. The first property we bought was 25 units. The next one was 36 units. The next one was 136 units. Then we bought um, a smaller one back down to uh, 24 units. Then we bought 281 units. Then we bought uh, 16 units. Then we bought 156 units. So we're all over the board. We buy small ones. We buy big ones. There's a couple things that we saw throughout. After our third purchase, we're like, wow, we're buying these properties that we like to call mom and pops ones with no systems, ones like my restaurant. They're managed by mom and pops who were getting burned out, who were motivated to sell. They had a little deferred maintenance. And we're like, wow, all these—all of these signs are just popping up the same kind of property. So we said, listen, we have to document this. We have to see what we're going for. So we ended up doing that. And every time we, we see one of these properties, all of our brokers know that we like these mom and pops. So it really works for us. And then you know what? On top of that, you do the you do the our framework and you look for these properties and bam, you have you have a recipe. And uh, like I said, learn, do and teach. I fell into it on the third property. I just started we just started writing our book by our first three purchases. I'm like, wow, people really need to learn this stuff and know this stuff because it's really powerful and it really works. And if you have a strategy and you can write it down and you can tell your brokers and tell your you know investors what you're looking for, it's a huge help for you.
1: Now, kind of as we start wrapping up this segment, I know that you guys have uh, another kind of an ebook, a new book that you guys have released, and and it has to do with some of the foundations of the richest man in Babylon. I, I, I that's that you had that as one of your favorite books, and I'll tell you, yes, it, it is one of my favorite books as well. The principles are. Um, just you know phenomenal and you know based upon uh, you know pre biblical well, biblical times but a long time ago in Babylonian times I should say you know mm-hmm. six seven thousand years ago but it is a very entertaining uh, book to read I'll actually listen to it but uh, with that being said can, can you talk a little bit about the book and how those principles are applied
2: sure I, I really think as things are changing so much so much to stay the same i mean listen you have to control your income yeah you have to control your expenses but also i mean we worry about expenses a lot but we never really think about growing our income and this book is always talks about you know listen one out of every ten coins you got to put aside the whole instant gratification thing is going to is going to come back and, and bite us in the butt Our whole generation they cannot wait for a product and i'm trying to teach my kids and say listen if you want to buy something you want to buy a phone great I don't want you to put on credit. I want you to be able to pay it out of a savings account. Um, the financial freedom account is really powerful. The problem is people don't think they, ha- they can do that. So listen, put it on auto pay. Get one coin out of every 10 you make, 10%, put it aside. And what will happen is if you can't do that, put half of 1% and then half of 10% which is 5 and then grow to 10% and you'll see that 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 savings start to grow grow and grow and that's where you start out with and then obviously all the other laws listen you have to get into somebody and people you're not going to go buy real estate um, through a guy like in that in that analogy that they had a sword a shield maker going out and trying to buy jewels he knows nothing about jewels you have to take your advice from people that know what they're doing um so there's so many you know important ideas and concepts in that book that are really simple and I think people might be turned off by that but it really is that simple to start out with and once you start and you pick whether it's buying jewels or whether it's doing real estate or whether it's internet marketing learn it and then invest that financial freedom money into what you're doing
1: you know, it's in that book, and it talks about going out buying jewels and different things. And they they had an analogy where the guy basically goes in and thinks he's buying these fine jewels, and he's yes. buying glass, you know, yes. and gets totally ripped off. And mm-hmm. and you know that's that's what happens in this world sometimes. You know, I heard a, a something to the effect of when a man with experience meets a man with money, the man with money yeah. leaves with experience, and a man with experience leaves with the money. And yes. so <laughs> that can happen in real estate or, or anything else for that matter. Uh-huh. But um, so so when you're talking about experiences, let, let's talk about this. What is one of the things? Um, if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice over the past you know ten years or so, what, what would be what would have, uh, what would you have given yourself uh, advice wise? And what were you doing in your life at that time?
2: Um, two of the biggest words in life and in investing is due diligence. You have to do due diligence on anything you do, whether it's you're marrying your wife, whether it's starting a business, whether it's, uh, you know, buying a property. And you know, my first couple of investments, I wish I had done my proper due diligence on the partnership, on the partners, on the investment itself. And you know what, in a way I'm glad that I didn't because I learned the hard way. And when you learn the hard way, you have either two things in life. You can quit Uh, unfortunately I didn't quit. Fortunately, I, I went out and I said, how am I going to do this? So I learned it the second way, but it's really important for anything you do in life to be prepared and to really be knowledgeable and really do your due diligence on anything.
1: Now I've only got about 30 seconds left, but when you talk about due diligence, you're just talking about just like Googling stuff, right? And then whatever Google says is what you go with.
2: (laughs) I'm talking deep dive, my friend. I'm talking like, listen, if you're going to buy a property, find out who you're buying with, find out where you're buying with, find out if the market's good, find out if it's going to cash flow. You have to find out everything about an investment, or you know, well, like you said in business, is this a good place to start? So you know, you and when you do that, whether it's going with mentors, whether it's going asking other people, that that's what I'm talking about with due diligence. It's really important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and so many people nowadays they talk about they're going to do their research on stuff and and. Really, a lot of times they're just talking about googling something, and there's yes. there's far more to that. If you need, you know, more information on on doing due diligence, um, you know, get with an expert as we've talked about several times in this segment, and figure out what it is that they do so that you don't get hurt. Because lessons, a lot of times, unfortunately, are better bought than taught. Um, and so if you don't, yes. you know, learn it uh, on your own, um, you will pay for it one way or another. So anyway, with that being said, that is great information for our ambitious listeners. And if you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe and get updated on all the new guests that we're going to have by texting texting the word ambitious to 69922 that's ambitious to 69922 standard messaging rate supplies see the website for more details next we'll be talking more to gino about what ambitious things he's doing now and then kind of how that transitions to what's next and how he makes those decisions right here on the ambitious radio network
3: Here's another RepairMyCreditNow.com story.
0: It's a day this family had dreamed up for quite some time. They were finally getting that brand new SUV. The salesperson at the auto dealership gave them the keys and told them to take it for the weekend. He'd prepared the documents and called them Monday morning. The kids had already installed the headrest DVD when the phone rang. Seems there was a problem with their credit they were unaware of. They'd have to return the SUV to the dealership immediately. Embarrassing.
1: RepairMyCreditNow.com
2: RepairMyCreditNow.com www.RepairMyCreditNow.com
0: Back in here on the show. It's Ambitious Radio Network. Hey, are you thinking of expanding your business but don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a new phone system? Consider Grasshopper.com. You get to keep your existing number, you have multiple extensions, voicemails transcribed, and no new hardware. Grasshopper.com is the entrepreneur's phone system. Let's get back to the show with Doug Parker.
1: All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and today we're talking to Gino Barbaro, and he is doing really so many ambitious things. Written a couple books, and, and I really want to—I want to dive in. We talked a little bit about the uh, Wheelbarrow Profits, but I also want to talk about family food and the Friars, because I've got a copy of it here, and it's a—it's a great book. I mean, it's—it makes me hungry just looking at it. Okay, um, but can, you, can tell us a little bit about the book and how you—you know—decided to write that, and really what it's all about?
2: Sure. About ten years ago, I met the uh, Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. Um, my wife um, knew one of them, so they're they're a bunch of Catholic, uh, you know, uh, I would say monks, but I mean they're they're priests and brothers who basically serve the poor, and they're in, in more indigent neighborhoods. They've got a bunch of friaries over the U.S. Couple in England, couple in um, you know South America, and there's one in Harlem. So I went to the one in Harlem, uh, and you know, at the, t- the time my skill set was cooking, so I said, hey guys. You guys want me to give you a cooking class? So they said, sure. They didn't know how to cook. They would get new, they would get new postulates every year. These guys would come in to see if they discern if they wanted to join the um, the brothers, and uh, gave them a cooking class. It was great. And then I said, hey, what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? Because I was always looking to do something for Thanksgiving to cook, cook, you know, cook for whether it was soup kitchen or whatever. My, my parish up here didn't do that. They said, sure. So the first year I went down about ten years ago, brought about two three turkeys. We had about uh, Thanksgiving for about thirty or forty people in the neighborhood. Next year bigger, bigger. So finally, last year, we did about 150 people in the neighborhood in Harlem, got about 10 turkeys, ham, I uh, got a little pen vodka, a little Italian. So from that whole process, um, I said, you know what, let me write you guys a cookbook. So I was going to write a few pages of a cookbook, but then I said, you know what, let me just go a little bit deeper. So, you know, I was constantly doing this little book and I wanted to give it to these guys. And this is what I wrote it for. And I also wanted to, you know, I wanted to make the central theme about family, about food and about, you know, serving other people giving other people back giving value to them and um i wanted my children to be a central part of it because i wanted them to see that hey listen we're lucky at three o'clock we're done we're going to grandma's house but not everyone is lucky on thanksgiving on all these holidays because they don't have any they don't have any family they don't have anyone to spend the time with so for me it was important for them to do that and i'm you know to this day, I do. We went down for the 4th of July. We had a uh, barbecue for the neighborhood. And for them, it's great because they're by themselves. They live in single resident occupants. They're, they're you know, people who are older who might have mental health issues and um, they're lonely. And these guys take care of them. They take care of the neighborhood. They, they, they serve them. So I said, listen, I, I want to be part of that. And um, it's a it's a great it's a great thing. It's one of the things that I'm really proud about that I, that I do my kids.
1: Well, and I'll tell you, man, I, like I said, flip through it, and, and it really um, has it, – it's, it's very nicely done. Uh, for you to say you just kind of got going and, and um, you know, this is what came out of it, that's really pretty cool because it shows you when you're passionate about something and something you really are enjoying – uh, what the finished product can look like, and it's just got—I mean—tons of great recipes in there, and it—it looks like it came came from the heart, and and has a great uh, great story, great background. So that that's cool stuff. Now, um, you know, you're a, you've been a successful restaurateur, you you know, a successful author, you've got these different things. Now you're doing the real estate. Um, you know, w- when you're transitioning through that process, um, I know a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, and I say this often on the show, but you know, the they're, they're the only folks that are willing to work you know eighty hours a week, so they don't have to work forty hours a week. For somebody else and you know um, you've got all these ideas bouncing around in your head and you have absolutely recreated yourself I mean from one thing to something totally different going through that transition do you have other things that are on your mind or other projects that are up and coming that you're thinking about or what is it, what does that thought process kind of feel like when it's going through your head
2: well, when I was transitioning, and I i tell people this a lot, I was uh, at the restaurant uh, during my lunch hour. I'd have the laptop out writing articles, and I'd have my mom come over and go, what, what are you doing? Why are you working so hard? And I'd look at her and I'd say, this is not work. This is fun. The other 10 hours is work. So um, for 60 hours a week for me was not a problem. I'd come home at night, read before I left the morning. So I, that that was my goal. I, you know, And I know she wasn't doing that in an evil way. She just, my mom trying to protect me. Um, but at the same time, I just knew I wanted to get out. And you, you think of other things that you can do. You're always at that number. What do I need a month to make? So that was, the, that was my primary goal, to get that financial freedom number. And once I hit that number, I said, this is what I want to do now. I have the option to, you know, slow down for a couple of months enjoy or listen I want to you know start growing that Jake and Gino brand and that that's what I ended up doing I ended up doing the Jake and Gino brand and you know continuing to grow the real estate portfolio the, both of those things are like essential to me right now
1: Sure. And that financial freedom number, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of times people, when they think about financial freedom, they're thinking about like being a multimillionaire or whatever the case is. And, you know, just to spend a little bit uh, of our time on that, you know, the bottom line is, is that you basically take all your bills, whatever they wind up being, and you say, hey, it's three grand a month, it's five grand a month, it's 10 grand, whatever that number is. And you say, that's what I've got to take home every single month after the taxes are paid. Um, in order to sustain. And it may be a situation where, you know, if you had that much money coming in every single month, whether you were working for it or not, would you continue to do the things that you're doing right now? And 99% of the people that I've talked to over the years Absolutely would not be doing the same thing every single mm-hmm. day if that were the case. So that may be a situation where they want to evaluate it, whether that vehicle for them is um, real estate, whether that vehicle is some kind of coaching or training, whether that vehicle is some kind of direct sales. Uh, you know, there's, there's a million different things you can be doing, but like you mentioned, uh-huh. It's putting something in place, working on it, and if you don't like the life you've got, if you don't like the job you've got, or whatever the case is, there are some options that you can do, not overnight, but over time, putting some things in place to, to put you in a position where you really do enjoy what you know what you got going on. Yep,
2: yeah, and I think uh, for the listeners, there's three types of income. There's earned income, your job, there's portfolio income, money from stocks and bonds, and there's passive income. Now, the passive income is where your listeners should be concentrating on. Whether it's building your business, whether it's royalties from books, pictures, whether it's internet marketing, whether it's real estate. I mean, we don't, we're not, we're not trained that way. Um, you know, colleges train us as employees. That's the problem. And entrepreneurs think a different way. So, I think if you can focus on the passive income and 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 grow your brand or grow your business, that's where we should all be focusing on.
1: Yeah, that's great, I and mean, that is really great information, and breaking it down that way, so many people, you know, I heard a kid the other day say something about he's, he's he doesn't want to work from 9 to 5 until he's 95, and, you know, <laughs> it, it kind of resonated because you look at a lot of these situations where, you know, people reach the you know, kind of the prime earning years. I mean, there's there's always outliers for everything, but, you know, they mm-hmm. get up, you know, past whatever the age is, you know, 65 years old or whatever, and they just don't have quite as much energy as they once had. And maybe they're not quite as sharp as they once were. And if you're not in a position sometime during that, you know, time frame uh, that you can, you know, su- survive on it, that, you know, you see people that are the greeters at Walmart or, or wherever the case is. And you know, if, if that's not the life that you want to live one day, you got to do something about it now while you while you can, and uh, you know, put put things in place where you've got that uh, that residual or that passive type income. So that's great information. Now, from a mentoring standpoint, can you tell us a little bit about some of the folks that are that are mentoring you, how you how you grow?
2: Um, I I first started out well, like I said, my, my parents were my first mentors. Um, you know, work hard, show up, be prepared. Um, you know, take calculated risks. The only problem with them was they like to use the word small, small, and and that really turned me off because they wanted a small business. So I wanted to get rid of that word small out of my vocabulary. I always told them, I said, does Steve Jobs want small? I don't think he woke up in the morning saying small. So one of my big mistakes wasn't thinking big enough years ago, Um, I was sheltered. I said, you know what, we're comfortable, but comfortable basically means you gotta continue to work, and that just did not not sit well with me for many years. Um, So I ended up getting coached by somebody for real estate, Uh, took a six month program, I loved it. I first did my first real estate, actually was with Rich Dad. uh, I did a rich dad coach, uh, uh, training program and that really opened my eyes to be able to, you know, go outside of my market. I bought a couple of properties up in Rochester, learned how to deal with management companies and that opened the door for me because I said, you know what, if I can do this now, I can find any market. So did the coaching with him. Then I went and I found another real estate coach that I really enjoyed. Um, then I started, started buying and, uh, I ended up going to coaching school to become a certified life coach, professional coach, because I just wanted it for the personal development, for the personal growth. And, you know, Out of it, I got certified, but that wasn't the real reason for going. I wanted to work on myself, and out of that, you know, that really helped me expand as far as talking about, you know, words we use, levels of energy we go throughout the day, having that anabolic energy, raising your level of energy, raising your level of consciousness. That really helped me out in my life.
1: Sure, and, and are there any uh, anybody that you're following or listening to that you really uh, kind of like the content? they have? Oh,
2: oh yeah, There's, I mean a bunch. Of, I mean, I like, I, I love listening to Grant Cardone. I think his sales stuff is is awesome. I mean, I've got one of his sales trainings. I've read a lot of Gary Keller books. I've listened. To, I like Dave Lindall, um, Rich Dad. We just had Garrett Sutton on as a podcaster on uh, on, on our show. I, I, they're a great space. They have a great space. I mean, if you go into real estate, there's a lot of guys. I like Bigger Pockets. They've got a great website. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys you, you can go out there and listen to. But those are mainly the guys that I listen to right now.
1: Sure. Now those those are great, great, great guys. And uh, you know, so so let's let's talk about maybe what's next for you as we wrap up this segment. Are there? Uh, anything that you've got dreamed up right now that's kind of on the horizon? That's maybe uh, in the hopper, getting getting ready to to launch, or or are you new enough in some of the coaching, some of the other stuff that that's your main focus right now?
2: Well. Uh, it's funny you say that. I always joke with my wife. I, I don't think we're launching any more children in the future. That's, that's unfortunate for me, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, you know, you um,
1: said in the break that your kids are from age 17 down to 2, correct? 2,
2: yes, yes. Oh. So, I mean, we space out every 3 years, but you know what? She's getting a little older. I'm getting a little older. So, I mean, the door might be open. You know what happened? <laughs> there's, there's, the first couple of years are very difficult. Then after that, she forgets about how hard it was. and She goes, you know, let's have another one. So, I, I'm hoping I'm hoping the door is open a little bit. You know, you never know, but... Um, We'll see about that. But as far as the other stuff, professional stuff, um, you know, Jake and I are constantly creating products for Jake and Gino. We have calculators. We have, you know, micro courses, um, We've got tons of training videos. That's the stuff that I love to talk about and I love to, you know, continue to create. Um, and as far as properties, we're continuing to purchase properties. We're looking at another third unit right now. So um, there's a lot of stuff uh, going on right now
1: man that is great great stuff and uh, after we hear a brief word from our sponsors we'll be discussing more with Gino what he does to recharge his ambitious body mind and spirit right here on the ambitious radio network
0: And we're back in here on the show. It's Ambitious Radio Network, recharging the ambitious mind, body, and spirit. Made possible by RepairMyCreditNow.com. You know, having bad credit can be really draining. It's okay to not be okay as long as you're on the road to being okay. Let RepairMyCreditNow.com help get you back on track. You know, many of our ambitious listeners prefer to listen to books as opposed to reading them. Now, with that, we've teamed up with Audible.com to offer you one free audiobook. Just go to ambitiousradio.com, click on the Audible banner on the page to find out more. Back to the show now with Doug Parker.
1: All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network today. We're talking to Gino Barbaro, successful entrepreneur, restaurateur. I mean, the guy's really doing everything, training people, expanding, uh, you know, just getting outside of his box. And, and it's been, you know, really um, great information for me because if you're not reinventing yourself, then you're probably shriveling up. You know, you can either be moving forward or moving backwards, but you're very seldom actually sitting still. So welcome back to the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing Good. Good, 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 good. So let's just talk about life in general. You know, what is it in, in this world that, that fills you and, and what types of things drain you? And then how do you stay focused on the things that fill you?
2: Um you know, we didn't even touch on this earlier. I, I'm con- not considering, I'm going to move to Jacksonville, Florida. So um, we were down there for the month of May and June and half of July. I never would have been able to do this without the real estate. Um, trying to sell the house up here, that's draining. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're trying to move six kids and the whole logistics thing, is that's draining. I mean – there's a lot of stuff in, that you really need to do. I need to sleep. I need to get between 7 8 hours of sleep at night. I need to eat healthy. Uh, thank God my wife stays at home. She's a fantastic cook. I'm I'm blessed and I'm I'm lucky in that respect. Um I just need to, you know, be in this space. I love talking to you know, guys who are all are also entrepreneurs, I love to actually coach, like to talk to people on the phone because I know when you talk to people on the phone who want to talk back to you, it's a great feeling. Um, at the restaurant, I wasn't like that. You'd have a customer come in, complain. It was just like, ah. Oh. when you're talking in that space and you talk to people who want to talk to you, it's it's invigorating. And believe it or not, you learn probably more from them than they learn from you, which is which I never thought would be possible. But you just look at things in a different perspective. Um, that, that's basically what I do to recharge.
1: You know, it's it's interesting that you say that. You know, um, a year or so, and it's actually this is the fifty second episode uh, of of Ambitious Radio. So you are the the one year bookend on right. uh, on our show here. But with with that being said, um, you know, I got into this podcasting, you know, very much for for the same reason because. I, um, you know, was called from a radio station and they wanted to do some stuff on the on the credit deal and and, and as part of that reinvention, I was like, ah, I don't know that I want to do the the financial side of things. That sounds kind of boring to me personally. Mm-hmm. But if I can interview, you know, entrepreneurs and thought leaders and really pick their brains. I look at it as a mentoring session. It's an hour where I get to get fed and get great information, and then go back and apply it to my life. And then we'll broadcast it out so that others, you know, can learn from it as well. So I like you. Uh, I, I enjoy that that interaction, and then you know, getting feedback and you know, uh, absorbing others' uh, experiences. You know, you can you know, a lot of times you hear learn from other people's um, you know failures. Um, but I, I look at it as learn from other people's successes. I go out and hunt for successful people that are making it happen. Um, I can fail on my own. I want to learn from the successful people <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, and make those things happen. Now, uh, you mentioned that you know you're moving, and and trust me, I, I've I've been in the same house now for 17 years. Um, I want a new house, but I don't want to move, <laughs> and so yes. uh, I'm I'm staying you know for right now. But with that being said. Um, you know when it comes to, to filling you know filling you and, and really really recharging I know you talked about sleep and you know literally probably nine out of the ten guests that I've interviewed it seems like that seven to eight hour window is really you know the the, mm-hmm. the prime deal there's a couple people that get by on four or five but but really seven seven eight hours is, is that but are there any um, things that you like to to really do to actually just to recharge when you're feeling drained you're like you know what I got a timeout I gotta tap the brakes, and I gotta go do this for a little while. Do you meditate? Do you yoga? Do you do exercise? Anything like that?
2: It's really weird that you say that. I know I don't really ever feel that way, to be honest with you. In the last year or so, I mean, when I went, I was down in Florida for t- two and a half months. I love the beach. Love to walk. I do a lot of walking. Um, I was actually working out at the time. Now I can't. Uh, I haven't been. Haven't gotten back. But I love to do a lot of walking. Um, you know what? I sit down. Obviously, yeah. I, I guess meditate, pray. I like to pray and just to think about, you know, how fortunate I am, and you know, bring it back to that. But I love to spend time with my family. That's, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We're, we're together, so that that's my recharge. Actually, you know, there's nothing better than having a child's laughter. There really isn't. I mean, maybe that's why I keep having them. I, I just love their laughter. I love being around them. And you are what you surround yourself with. So I surround myself with happiness. I've been fortunate. So it's actually I told my third daughter, you know, I was a grumpy guy, but you know, when she came, the third one came, my grumpiness was lifted, and, and the grumpiness is gone so I spending time with my family is is a number one I used to be a big gardener couldn't do it this year because I was down there so I love gardening love being outside
1: you know that's 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 great stuff you talk about the uh, the children's laughter and you know it sounds like you're living a very balanced life and you know so many entrepreneurs they they overdo it in one place or another and you know obviously with as many kids as, as you have, you know, that's not, I guess you could probably neglect them, but the bottom line is it'd be tough to do with that many and, and, and all those kinds mm-hmm. of things. So it seems like you've got a really balanced life and that is really a great place to be. And guys, if you're out there listening and maybe you uh, don't have that balanced life, maybe maybe it's, it's you know, you're grinding it out so hard that um, you're feeling uh, drained at some point, you got to evaluate that. Uh, one, one of our uh, other guests uh, a couple episodes back Um, mentioned that your body will tell you when things aren't right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and when you're if you're feeling drained if you're if you're getting sick if, if those things are happening there's a reason for it it's not by accident you talked about you're eating healthy and your wife's a great cook um, but so many people and, and this and again i'm pointing at myself again here um you know i'm running to Burger King and i'm eating in my truck while i'm dropping off a bank deposit and coming back to the office you know mm-hmm. uh, that is probably not the healthiest thing to be eating um <laughs> but at the end of uh-huh. the day you know it's just the the uh the life i live as they say but um, but yeah, you just got to kind of find that balance. And, and Now, you said Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, the beach. Are there other beaches? Do you guys like to travel? I mean, with a big family of eight, um, that's a little different than just uh, you and the wife going and you know taking a week uh, weekend vacation. Do you guys like to go as a group anywhere uh, to vacation? We do
2: everything together. I mean, we'll go to the grocery store together because I guess we have to be a witness for other people because it seems like family life is, is dying and large families are dying so we want to you know we want people to see the witness we want them to say that family life is here have kids kids are central to our lives I mean whenever we go on vacation we'll all go on the plane I mean I'm not going to go on vacation without them to vacation is to vacate to leave where you are so why would I leave them back and I want my children when they grow up to have families I want my daughters to be able to have the ability to stay home if they want and have kids of their own and take care of their kids so I have to be the role model I'm not going to go away for three days leave my children it's just not where I am in life maybe when we get older me and my wife and the kids are you know growing up. But for now, that's just not what I want to do.
1: You know, that's that's good stuff. Be a witness for others. And you're modeling for for your kids. Um, You know, your kids, uh, they uh, it's not listen to what I say. It's it's they watch what you do. And uh, actions definitely speak louder than words. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what I have really, really enjoyed uh, our time today. It's been great information and I hope our listeners are getting as much out of these conversations as as I am. Um, you know, kind of as, as we kind of close out now, are you social? Are you on the web? Those kind of things. Uh, If someone wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way to interact with you?
2: I guess I should say fortunately and unfortunately, because I, I I don't like social media, but I, Jake and I are out there all over the place. I mean, we've got Facebook page, Jake and Gino. We've got Instagram. We've got, um, he, Jake likes a Snapchat. I, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I have a website, ginobarber.com. Our website is jakeandgino.com. So we're all over the place.
1: Gotcha. Well, and, and Gino is G-I-N-O. You know, it can be spelled a couple different ways. But with that being mm-hmm. said, um, yeah, when I Googled you, it was Pretty simple. You showed up everywhere, and 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 it's uh, yeah, no. great information. You got great videos out there, and it really is just great. You know, generally good content. And if if you're looking at real estate guys, not that this is like an advertisement or anything, but I mean, at the end of the day, um, they've got some good fundamental things that to. to uh, uh, to learn from. And as we talked about earlier, I mean, you're going to learn the lesson and you're going to pay for it one way or another. You can either pay for it by you know, investing in a class or those kind of things, or you're going to learn those lessons on your own. And, and sometimes when you're learning them on your own, it can be very, very expensive. And, uh, I, I just really appreciate you coming on the show today, sir. It was great, great to have you on great information and, uh, love to, uh, to hear about the successes that you're having.
2: Doug, thanks. And like you said, I could probably be on for another three hours, but I think your listeners would shoot both of us. So I guess now is a good time to say goodbye, right? Yeah, I'll
1: tell you, yeah, same way. Right back at you. I've got had a bunch of questions that we couldn't get to because it was just it was good information, but I, I appreciate that time. And and guys, uh, tune in on Wednesdays to Ambitious Radio, where we interview thought leaders and exciting entrepreneurs changing the faces of their organizations. Remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. So go out there and be ambitious.
0: Thank you for listening to the Ambitious Radio Network, hosted by serial entrepreneur Doug Parker. Join us weekly as we have engaging conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders on topics that can be applied immediately after listening. Like what you've heard? Listen to other interviews at ambitiousradio.com or subscribe on iTunes.